0: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Welcome. Come in. I'm Tammy Grimes with another tale of the macabre. Our stories are found off the beaten track because they're about experiences uncommon to most of us. They range from strange twists of fate to supernatural experiences. Today's story is one of the latter. Gilbert Lang, a man of 50, lies in bed close to death. His 28-year-old wife is furious with Dr. Ned Eaton, who has refused her admission to Lang's locked room. Mrs. Lang has an axe in her hand.
1: Open that door, Doctor. I'll break it down. Donna, put that axe down. Gil is dead and you killed him. Give that to me. Don't you order me around. This is my house now and I want you out of it. And I want to see Gil at once. Why is Mrs. Holland's inside there?
2: Give me that axe, Donna. I'll explain everything. I don't
1: want the corpse in the house. (laughs)
0: mystery story, The Pale Horse, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor. It stars Earl Hammond and Mandel Kramer. I will return shortly with Act One. The Pale Horse. Some of you may remember the line in Revelations, I looked, And behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was... Death. Yes, that is our theme. But I do not want to mislead you. The title pertains to the subject, but with a difference. There is no dispensation from death. It is inevitable, and we know not when or how it will occur. It is one of two impenetrable mysteries. The other being life itself. Gilbert Lang is very ill. The 50-year-old man is comatose. A victim of viral pneumonia. His friend, Dr. Ned Eaton, is at his bedside.
2: Donna, I can't deny it. I am very concerned. He should have been moved to the hospital.
1: No, no. No, Gil wanted to be here. Mrs. Hollins and I have nursed him around the clock. That's true, Doctor. We've been taking shifts.
2: That oxygen flow doesn't sound right. What, Ned? Uh, one moment. For, for, for heaven's sake, he hasn't been getting half the oxygen he needs. How did that happen, Mrs. Hollins? Oh, I,
1: don't, I don't know, Doctor.
2: Well, you'd better know. I gave both of you specific directions about the amount of oxygen he needs to keep his respiration. Now, without it, he has to work so hard to breathe that he could die of a heart attack. Now, do you understand?
1: Yes, Doctor, I'm sure I followed your instructions. Well, of course you did, Mrs. Hollins. Maybe I was the careless one.
2: Well, Gil's condition is critical. Any carelessness could result in his death. Now, do both of you understand that?
1: Yes, don't say that, Ned.
2: Without antibiotics to fight the disease and oxygen to help respiration, viral pneumonia is fatal in 30% of the cases. Oh, has he been given his pills on
1: time? Oh, yes, Doctor, we have them right here. And I made a little chart. It shows the times when he gets them I sign it and so does Mrs. Lang When she's on duty You see, here it is Why isn't he any better now?
2: I I don't know Gil is only 50 and he's in good health uh, Until the cold developed into pneumonia He hasn't responded to penicillin Or to tetracycline Oh, I'll uh, bring in another doctor tomorrow uh, Are you on the night shift, Mrs. Hollins? Yes, sir Uh, Mind you, stay awake. If there's any change in Mr. Lang's condition, will you telephone me? Yes, sir. Uh, May I see you downstairs, Donna?
1: Of course. If you need me, Addie, you just let me know.
2: Um. Donna?
3: Donna?
1: It's Addie, Mr. Lang. Where's Donna? Uh, She's with Dr. Eaton downstairs.
3: Not to worry.
1: Now, don't you talk. You just rest. I'll stay with you all night long.
3: Thank you, Addie. You're so kind. You always have been.
1: You save your strength and rest. I'm so weak, Addie. I keep
3: slipping away. I'm so weak.
2: professional nurses, Donna. Now, I must insist on that. Gil should be in the hospital, but he can't be moved now, so we'll bring the hospital to him.
1: But Mrs. Hollins and I have done everything that you told us. No doubt,
2: no doubt. But neither of you is a trained nurse, and Addie Hollins is an old woman, so if she's forgetful about the level of oxygen and the timetable for the medication, Gil will die.
1: Don't say that.
2: Well, I have to, because it's true. Now, both of you are worn out, and that's when mistakes occur. need rest. Have you eaten?
1: Oh, I...
2: uh, Mm, Yes, I thought
1: not. I simply couldn't cook, Ned.
2: Well, then, go out for an hour. Have dinner, and then just turn in. Have you notified the children?
1: Well, Helen's in London. I'll wire. John's in California.
2: Uh, Uh, Well, then I'll handle it, Donna.
1: Oh, all right.
2: Mm. Let's hope there'll be a change for the better during the night. Well...
1: You've done the best you could.
2: It hasn't been good enough. I can't understand where I failed. I regret that. My best friend, and I haven't been able to help him. How is he,
1: Donna? Oh, well, it's touch and go. Mostly go. Well,
2: uh, shouldn't you be there? I mean, if Dr. Eaton orders an autopsy. Well,
1: what'll if... he find? Gil's weakened condition, having such a hard time breathing, he died of heart failure. It happens all the time. Now what's the trouble, sweetheart? Oh, well, yeah. Once in a while, I I feel funny about it. But once it's over, you won't feel that way. We waited three years, Julian. A month after he dies, we clear out, travel, d- do all that money can buy should you have cold feet? I worry about you. Well, there's nothing to worry about. What about his two kids? Well, what about them? One's studying in London and the son lives in California. It'll be over before they get here. Relax, will you? Sure. I just wish it was over, Donna. It will be. Tonight. Your pill, Mr. Lang. Huh? Well, oh, Addie. Mm-hmm.
3: My pill. There, now
1: you look better.
3: I was dead, Addie. Dead? Disembodied. I was out of my body. What? Huh? I looked down on me lying here in bed. I saw me in the oxygen tent. And I saw you and the doctor... And Donna. I heard him and he was angry about the oxygen. Then he did something with the valve. And I don't remember anything more. Where is Mrs. Lang?
1: Doctor said she needed something to eat and then, then to rest.
3: Is Mrs. Lang holding up all right, Eddie?
1: Yes, sir. She's mighty strong.
3: You don't much like her, do you, Eddie?
1: Well, now, that's not for me to say, Mr. Lang. I, I guess I just can't forget your first wife.
3: Yes, I know. Neither can I.
1: A real gentlewoman. Well, seeing the children will brighten you up.
3: They'll be here?
1: The doctor said he'd notify them.
3: Expecting the worst, hmm? Well, too bad. I'll try to sleep now, Eddie. You catnap
1: I'll wake you when it's time for another pill How is he, Mrs. Hollins? All about the same Breathing sort of shallow For a minute there, I thought he'd died He asked for you He looks dead Doctor said if I got worried, I should telephone It's after ten, Mrs. Hollins. Why don't you fix some food for yourself? I'll sit with him till you get back. Oh, I'm going to telephone the doctor. Mrs. Hollins, I'll make that decision. Oh, begging your pardon, but the doctor gave me his order. There is no reason to disturb Dr. Eaton. My husband's condition is unchanged. He said he died and looked down on us. What? But that's absurd. Well, maybe so, but he said he slipped out of his body and then came back. He might die any minute. The doctor should be here. Maybe he can do something. You please excuse me? Donna. Gil. Gil, it's me, Donna. I can't breathe, Donna. I have to fight to breathe. We thought you died. I don't... I don't think I can make it, Donna. I'll sit with you, Gil. And just go to sleep now. Dr. Eaton's on his way. You'd best have some rest, Mrs. Lang. You're the one who needs the rest, Mrs. Holland. Well, I'm on the night shift. No, I'll stay with Mr. Lang. You wait downstairs for the doctor. Please. I'm wide awake. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, all right. If you'd sponge him off. Yes. Yes. He can't hold out. Now, the pills, I'll, I'll switch them later. I'll have to remember that. Why did she phone that fool doctor?
2: Oh, hello, Addie. Uh, Mrs. Lang with the patient?
1: Yes, doctor.
2: Hey, what was all that about Mr. Lang slipping out of his body and looking down on us? Uh, did, did he really say that? Yes,
1: he did. It sounded crazy to me, Doctor.
2: Well, it may be, but, uh, you know, I've read about that kind of experience. Uh, hey, uh, how is his breathing, Addie? Better. Good, good. Well, come along. Right, let's go up to his room. I may need your help. Yes, sir. And how is Mrs. Lang?
1: Well, she's very strong, Doctor. She keeps her feelings inside. Oh. Ned. Ned, I, I... I think he's dead.
2: What? Uh, uh, step aside, please. Mm, it's cold. No pulse. Uh, hand me my bag, Mrs. Collins.
1: Yes. Yeah, thank you. What is that, Ned?
2: Uh, adrenaline. Uh, hypodermic injection. Uh, then I will massage his heart.
1: I... I, I can't stand mm. it. I just... Uh, please excuse me. I'm... Nothing's happening, Doctor.
2: I am aware of that.
1: Then he is dead. <sighs>
2: He's breathing Barely Gil Gil Can you move your lips? As long as I live I'll never understand this Mrs. Hollins The oxygen huh? Who turned it down? Sure. He's been getting only half The oxygen he needs You are on duty Mrs. Hollins
1: Oxygen
2: Who cut the supply in half? It's your responsibility, Mrs. Hallett.
1: Doctor, I never touched the valve.
2: Then how do you explain that the level is now low enough to make him have to fight for air and cause heart arrest?
1: I don't know. I can't explain it.
2: Were you with Mr. Lang all the time I left?
1: Yes, sir, except when I went to telephone you and then Mrs. Lang <clears throat> told me to wait for you downstairs. She said she'd sit with him.
2: Yes, is that so?
1: Is he, is he gone, Doctor? <clears throat>
2: No, no, nevertheless. Give him another pill. No, 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 I have one here, here. I'll do it. I want to see the pills he's been taking. Yes,
1: sir. You can see by the charge.
2: That is not what concerns me, Mrs. Hollins. Uh, you'd better attend Mrs. Lang. Oh, and uh, Mrs. Hollins.
1: His yes, doctor?
2: Uh, say nothing about our talk. Nothing. Do you understand? Let her think he died. <laughs>
1: Heart failure? Yes. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Did the doctor say anything else, Mrs. Holmes? No, ma'am. What happens now? He'll tell you. Well, what's he doing in there? Trying to bring Mr. Lang back from the dead.
0: There are many motives for murder. Here, it seems we have two. A vicious, greedy woman's determination to inherit a fortune and a love for a man her own age. Even he, a man we know only as Julian, feels uneasy about her premeditated plan. In appearance, Dong Lang is a beautiful, desirable woman who is attractive to all men. The truth is that she is deranged because no sane person plans a murder. When I return shortly with Act Two, we will learn if Gilbert Lang survives the scheme to kill him. What goes through the mind of a person hovering between life and death? Does his life pass before him? From what Gilbert Lang told the housekeeper, Addie Hollands, he died then disembodied, like his own ghost. He floated above his body and saw those gathered around his corpse. Is that credible? I don't know. We do know, however, that out of body experiences have been reported for years. He's,
1: he's dead death.
2: Did you cut the oxygen supply when you sat with Gil? What? Did you? Are you accusing me oh, of... I am asking a question. Uh, Gil's heart seizure was caused by the cutting of the supply of oxygen. It was cut down. And
1: that killed him? Well, Mrs. Hollins...
2: No, Addy Hollins had nothing to gain by his death, Donna.
1: Well, do you think Gil's death is my gain? A rotten thing to say. I
2: didn't say it. You inferred it. Now, don't mistake me, Donna. I know that Gill was infatuated with you,
1: and I loved him.
2: As we still get back to the oxygen, the flow was reduced by half. Now only you and Mrs. Hollands were with Gill. Now either one of you but could could the valve. No, could... no, 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 no. That's impossible. Gill was in good health. He sure responded to treatment.
1: But perhaps the treatment was wrong.
2: Well, you're entitled to that opinion. But when Gil did not respond, I checked with my colleagues about what I had prescribed, and no one disagreed with my treatment.
1: But he died.
2: With your permission, I'll uh, I'll order an autopsy.
1: I won't give permission. Then I will ask for an investigation. What does that mean? The police. Oh, you wouldn't dare! Oh, you've never liked me, Ned. You and all of Gil's old friends. Well,
2: I'm sorry you feel that way. We we tried.
1: Because of Gil. Isn't that true?
2: You never felt comfortable with us, Donna, or we with you. No, sir, I'll admit that. We were devoted to Gill's first
1: wife. Well, I loved my husband. I loved him.
2: And I have no reason to doubt that.
1: But you would just as much accuse me now of neglecting him. No, no, him, I... no, no, I have
2: not accused you. I said that I want to know why the oxygen on which his life depended was cut by half.
1: Oh, Mrs. Hollins is an old woman. She's forgetful. If anyone fooled her that oxygen tank, it has to be her. I intend to ask her. We'll do that, and then ask yourself what you've done wrong. Gil was strong, and with proper medication, he should have lived.
2: I I think so, too, Donna. There's something strange about Gil's failure to respond, and I intend to have it explained. Uh, You'll excuse me.
1: Where are you going?
2: Uh, Upstairs to Gil.
1: No, I want you out of my house.
2: I will be. Shortly.
1: He's dead, Doctor.
2: No, 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 no. Almost. He has hardly any pulse beat. Addie, did you tamper with the valve and the oxygen tank?
1: Oh, no, sir. Yes.
2: Well, then she did.
1: But why?
2: To make sure he died. But that would be the... yes, murder. But she won't get away with it
1: she want him to die?
2: Money. And there may be a younger man. Oh. Now, we don't know much about Donald Lang. Do you, Eddie?
1: Well, her mother came here once, but Mrs. Lang sent her away. Poor woman. I let her in. The father, he was in the papers a few years ago. Uh, Mike Dennis. He robbed a bank and killed a policeman and was stabbed in a prison fight and died.
2: Well, uh, any young man visit, Mrs. Lang, Eddie?
1: Well, Mr. Roberts, Julian Roberts, he was a photographer she worked for when she was a model.
2: Mm-hmm, I see. Uh, let me have the bottle of antibiotic pills, Eddie, will you?
1: Yes, sir. I've I followed your directions. Yes,
2: yes, I know. I know you have. Uh, no, that's not the point. Oh, Look like the correct pills.
1: That's the bottle sent by the pharmacist. Yeah,
2: but pills can be removed and others substituted.
1: You think she'd do that?
2: Well, I don't know what she's done. You can't prove that she cut the supply of oxygen, but I might prove something with these pills. Uh, take a break, Eddie. I'll stay with Mr. Lang. All right. And, Eddie, uh, say nothing to Mrs. Lang. She thinks her husband is dead. That's what I want her to think. Donna It's Ned Ned Eaton, Gil
3: I can breathe, Ned I can see you I'm looking down on you I see you and I see me lying in bed Not breathing I'm dead
4: Gil I'm on a road, Ned
3: It's dark outside Clouds moving across the moon there's a coach and and four horses moving, coming toward me. A black coach,
4: and the horses are black. Well, get in and get out. Make up your mind. Is this a dream? It's uh, no dream, Mister Lang. Well, then what is it? I heard they call it the Pale Horse. Death. So I did die. How do you know my name, young man? I, I'd i rather not say. Yeah, why not? Kill him, Julian. No. Who are you? You won't believe it, Mr. Lang. I'm Mike Dennis. That mean anything to you? My wife's maiden name is Dennis. First name Donna, right? Yes. Would you be her father? I'm sorry to say I am. And this young man, Julian. Julian Roberts. I never knew him. I should hope not. You'd thrown a tramp out of your house. Tramp? That's a serious accusation, Mister Dennis. I don't think it isn't true. Fifteen arms, she was on the streets. You're on the way. Broke a old lady's heart. Good riddance, I said. I didn't know any of this. Of course not. We were down and out. old lady asked Donna for help. She was a model then. Told us to drop dead. And that's when I made a mistake. I helped a guy pull off a robbery and I shot a cop and it was curtains.
2: Well, how did you come here? You you didn't read about it, Mr. Lang? Well, I guess you didn't. See, Mike was sent to a high security prison upstate. He got into a fight and he was nice. Yeah save the state of bundle. And you
4: come along, Mr. Lang. This is all news to me. Oh, th- th- there's more. Uh, when Donna hooked you, the old lady thought she'd be on Easy Street. I'd already been arrested and things were tough for her. So she went to Donna and Donna threw her out. Cause she had no family, never wanted to see the old lady or relatives ever again. And she never bothered Donna again. We got some pride. Where are we going? Well, they shift us around from time to time. I've been in this rig for years. <laughs> I'm tired kind of a greeter. Well, this is the death coach? Yep. Well, is it, is it always night? Downer's in for some shot. <laughs> I hope it knocks her out. You knew my wife,
3: Mr. Roberts? Uh, I did, yes, sir. And? I regret the whole thing. Meaning what? She never loved you, Mr. Lang.
2: Didn't you know that?
3: I didn't want to know it. But perhaps I
2: sensed it. She did love me. I, before she met you, we were, we were going to get married. I, I was a photographer and I photographed her many times and we, we just fell in love. But she married me, Mr. Roberts. And planned somehow to get rid of you and then marry me. It's unbelievable.
3: Yes, I know, but that is the way it was. Mr. Roberts, yeah? Tell me about the murder plan.
2: Well, it was simple... The best kind, I guess. It's just a matter of the right time. You know, you you catch the flu and then she prevents you from recovering. How? Well, the flu develops into pneumonia and by substituting phony pills for the real ones, you get worse. Placebos? Yeah, 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 I guess that's what they're called.
3: So instead of treating pneumonia with antibiotics, I was treated with placebos? Yeah, you were a dead duck. Then when she got the chance, she'd cut the oxygen way down and hope you'd have heart failure. That's a nasty story, Mr. Roberts. I-, I had nothing to do with it, and what,
2: what Donna was doing made me uncomfortable. I said so last night when I had dinner with her.
3: May I
4: ask why you were here? till you hear this, Mr. Lang.
2: After dinner, Donna took a taxi home, and this, this whole thing was on my mind. I I, guess I missed a traffic light and got hit, and... I was kidding. Good Lord.
4: You get it, Mr. Lang. She kills you to get your money and Julian, (laughs) and he gets himself killed. What do you call that? Irony, I would say. She left with the money, but without a lover, boy. I say it couldn't happen to anyone worse. Let her ring her heart out. Hey, where you going, Mr. Lang? Mr. Lang. I still have an ounce of life in me, gentlemen. It has been an extraordinary experience meeting you. Goodbye. That's a new one on me, Julian.
2: I don't think he was really dead.
1: Tyler, fourth Mr. Julian Roberts, please. One moment. Hurry, please. Hurry. I'm ringing. No answer, miss. Oh. Well, can I leave a message for him? Go ahead. Just say, uh, Donna phoned and it's over. It's, uh, over? Yeah. My, my husband died. Oh, I'm sorry, miss. Thank you. Goodbye. It's funny. He should be home by now. He's come back to life, doctor. Uh, my
2: bag, Eddie.
1: Is that for his heart?
2: No, 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 no. I'm giving him an injection of an antibiotic. The pills? Worthless. That's my guess. Oh.
1: Will he live?
2: Yes, yes. Now, uh, lock the bedroom door, Raddy. I don't want her coming in here.
1: Yes, yes, Doctor.
2: Gil. She
3: tried to murder me, Ned. Yes, I know that. Don't let her come near me.
1: Oh, Mr. Lang.
3: I met the pale horse four horses and a black carriage. There were two men in it. Donna's dead father and Julian Roberts. He was just killed in an automobile accident. He was her lover. I was dead, and then I came back
2: to life, Ned.
1: He came back from the dead?
2: He was legally dead, Addie. And now he's alive.
1: How can that be?
0: Is this fantasy? Many persons would deny it. No one really knows what happens after death. But there have been too many instances of -of out-of-body experiences to dismiss them as nonsense. Mr. Lang's testimony is not enough to convict his wife of attempted murder. And Dr. Eaton cannot prove that she tampered with the oxygen supply. Can she be forced to confess? We will learn that when I return with Act Three. A well-conceived plan for murder has failed because of a miracle. An experience that a dying man has had that transcends the known laws of nature. To catch in what I just said is known laws. We do not know all the laws. There are unknown laws, and we have heard about one of them. Life restored after an out-of-body experience. It is moments later.
2: Andy, I have to visit the hospital now. I won't be long. Mr. Lang's condition is still serious, but he will live. I am almost certain of that.
1: Well, I'm thankful for that. What about that woman?
2: I don't want her in this room. Now, when I leave, I want you to lock the door. Don't open it except to me. Now, that is an order, Addie.
1: I won't let her in. I never want to see her again. I'd like to kill her.
2: So would I, but we'll leave that to the law.
1: Get out of my way, Ned. Uh, sorry, Donna.
2: No one's going into that bedroom until I return.
1: Who do you think you are giving orders
2: to? I am Gil's doctor.
1: He doesn't need a doctor. He needs an undertaker.
2: Well, you can arrange that later. Now, I have to leave for a short time, but I will be back. Until then, Mrs. Hollins has orders to keep the door locked.
1: Well, what's that old fool doing with him?
2: He's now at peace. Even you should respect that.
1: I'll telephone the police. Have you lost your mind? My husband, my house. And you, you tell... <laughs> There's just no point talking with you. I'm going to report this to the police. I can't stop you, of course. Oh, you can say that again. I'll tell you something else, Dr. Eaton. You and that incompetent old woman are responsible for Gil's death. And you're going to pay for it. I'm going to sue you. And I'm firing Mrs. Hollins tonight. Then it is your privilege. Now, you'll excuse me. I demand that you open that door.
2: I am almost sorry for you, Donna.
1: I will call the police. No, no. There must be an (laughs) ax. I'm here, Mr. Lang.
3: Oh, Addie, where's the doctor?
1: He went to the hospital, but he said he'd be right back.
3: Don't let her near me, Addie.
1: I locked her out. Doctor's orders. She thinks you're dead.
3: Does she know about Julian Roberts?
1: I don't know. What happened to him?
3: He was killed in a car crash.
1: How do you know that?
3: I met him when I was half dead, Addie. You don't believe me, do you?
1: Well, after seeing you dead and then coming back to life, I'd believe anything. Where have you been, Nan?
2: To the hospital. I had to check out something. What are you doing with that axe, Donna?
1: She wouldn't let me into the bedroom, so I was going to... Give it to me. Just what have you been up to, Ned?
2: Did you telephone the police?
1: Answer my question. You're being mighty mysterious.
2: So was your husband's failure to respond to my treatment. Now go downstairs and I'll be down. I want to talk to you.
1: Have you phoned the funeral home? I don't want the body in this house. It gives me the creeps.
2: I understand. I'll be with you in a few minutes.
1: She's been raving at me, doctor.
3: Hello, Gil. She almost got me, Ned.
2: What a fool I've been. I've had those pills analyzed. Uh, Addie, are these the pills you've been giving, Mr. Lang?
1: If that's the bottle I gave you, yes, doctor.
2: And you and Mrs. Lang gave him one every four hours? I did. I don't know what she did. She gave me pills, Ned. The pills in this bottle are placebos. Harmless, but they are not antibiotics.
1: So Mr. Lang hasn't been getting any medicine.
2: And when his loving wife was on duty, she cut the oxygen in half and that made it very hard for him to breathe. Then heart failure and death.
1: Why, that's horrible.
2: The question is, what did she do with the antibiotic pills?
1: Probably thrust them down the toilet.
2: No, 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 I don't think so. After Mr. Lang died, she'd have to dispose of the placebos and replace them with the real pills. No, no, no. They're hidden someplace. Now, I want you to search for them.
1: She won't let me.
2: Don't worry about her, Addie. We'll leave Mr. Lang and lock him in. Now, you keep the key. She's downstairs. I want you to do two things. Place a phone call to the police from her bedroom. And tell the police that uh, I'm charging Mrs. Lang with premeditated attempted murder. Now, use my name. When the police appear, they will hear my accusation. And if I can make it stick, she'll arrest her.
1: I hope she gets life in prison.
2: Now, once you've placed the call, Addie, begin your search. We have to find those pills.
1: She really scared me with what she was going to do with that axe.
2: Wish us luck. I do.
3: I owe my life to both of you.
1: Well, Ned, have you come to your senses? You have, it seems. You've calmed down. I was wild when you wouldn't let me see Gil. That was cruel. Oh, when you went out, where'd you go? Into the hospital. Why?
2: Because I just wanted to check on my medication.
1: Oh, then you did have doubts about what you prescribed? No, 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 no. But I'm not infallible. So what'd you find out?
2: There was nothing wrong with my treatment of your husband.
1: Now, who's the the ambulance? Did you call him? Uh,
2: No, I'll answer the door, Donna. Dr. Eaton, I'm Sergeant Morrison. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Please, come in, come in. Woman telephoned, and Mrs.... Uh, uh, yes, yes, uh, if you please, Sergeant, would you let me handle I this? didn't
1: telephone the police. No, I did. You phoned the police? What for?
2: Bear with me, Donna.
1: What have you been up to?
2: Your husband had viral pneumonia. Any competent doctor knows the treatment for that disease... Now, he did not respond because he never received the treatment. Are you out of your head? Placebos were substituted for the antibiotic pills. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, yes, I think so, too. But that is what you did, Donna.
1: Are you accusing me of...
2: And it was you who cut the supply of oxygen in half. Now, you deliberately, and with premeditation, set out to kill your husband.
1: Prove it. Prove I murdered my husband. Prove it. Will that restore him to life? Your
2: husband isn't dead my dear Donna.
1: What? That's a lie. You yourself just said...
2: No, I never said he was dead. He was legally dead for a brief interval, and then miraculously he came alive. He is alive, and he will recover.
1: Is this true, Ned?
2: Yes, and so is what I said about you substituting the pills and cutting off the oxygen. I went to the hospital to have the pills analyzed. They were placebos, Mrs. Hollins wouldn't know the difference, and as for the oxygen. Mrs. Hollins would never have done that. She's loved Gilbert Lang since he was a boy.
1: And on that flimsy evidence, you're accusing me of attempted murder? You're ridiculous!
2: When we find the antibiotic pills, and we will, you'll have to explain the substitution. And Gil saw you turn down the oxygen supply.
1: Well, now I know you're crazy. Gil was unconscious.
2: But he was hovering over his body, and he saw you turn it down.
1: What is this? Science fiction?
2: An out-of-the-body experience. I I can't explain it. (laughs)
1: I'll say you can't. Who would believe such rubbish?
2: Gil saw something else.
1: Are you enjoying this, Sergeant?
2: He met your father. Oh, that's a real trick. My old man's been dead for years. So Gil discovered... Your father never did have a very high regard for you, Donna.
1: No comment. Can you believe this, Sergeant? My husband talking to the dead. (laughs) Well, what do old Mike have to say, hmm?
2: It wasn't flattering. Oh, go on, then. Gil also had an embarrassing talk with Julian. Who? The photographer you were going to marry before you met Gil Lang and his money.
1: Julian? Sorry, I don't know any Julian. You
2: had dinner with him just a few hours ago. Oh,
1: this gets wilder by the minute. <laughs> you're making a fool of yourself, Ned. Now you send the sergeant away and you go home. I'm worn out with your lies. If Gil's alive, you're not lying about that.
2: He's alive.
1: Then I'm going up to see him. Doctor, I found them.
2: I bring them to me out of here, Gil.
1: Here are the pills, Doctor. Where were they? Kept loose in a rolled-up pair of socks.
2: Hmm, As they look like the antibiotics. Well, Donna, explain this, please.
1: You had Mrs. Holland snooping in my room?
2: I knew you wouldn't dispose of the real pills. Once Gil was dead, you'd replace the placebos with these. Where did you get them, Donna?
1: I have nothing to say.
2: I'll have them traced. The police will locate the pharmacist who made these up for you. Uh, Sergeant, I'll turn these pills over to you. I'm certain that they are the antibiotic pills. And here is the bottle of pills that were in Mr. Lang's bedroom. The pills he was given by Mrs. Hollins and Mrs. Lang. Now, I want them tested by the police. Uh, guard them. They're evidence. All right, Doctor.
3: Mrs. Hollins didn't know anything about them?
2: No. Well,
3: you say Mr. Lang saw his wife turn the valve on the oxygen tank? Yes, Sergeant. And he said something about the pills? Yes, that's
2: right. This was when he was... was dead? I don't get it. Neither do I, Sergeant. Oh, there's more, Donna.
1: There
0: is?
2: Yes, Julian.
1: Oh, yes, Julian? Julian Roberts, once he came to the house. A salesman, Mrs. Hollins? He asked for you, and you talked with him in the library.
2: Julian Roberts. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was his name. A great admirer of yours, Donna. Gill. He met him.
1: What do you mean, met him? Where?
2: When Gill was hovering between life and death.
1: Are you taking this in, Sergeant?
2: Gill actually entered the death coach. Now, I told you that. He met your father, Mike Dennis... And Julian Roberts.
1: And the three ghouls sat in a coach and became acquainted and exchanged confidences. Is that it? That's it. Let me tell you something, Dr. Eaton. You say Gil is alive, I don't know whether I believe you or not, no matter. But what can you prove? If Gil's alive, where is your attempted murder charge? You've got nothing against me except the sick wanderings of a half-dead man. And if he doesn't want to see me, so what? Let him divorce me. He'll pay for it.
2: you miss an important point, her.
1: Very well. Fill me in.
2: Gil learned about Julian Roberts when Gil rode in the death coach. Oh,
1: come off it, Doctor. What kind of garbage are you handing me, death coach? Do you think that spirits ride around in a carriage drawn by poor black horses until they arrive at wherever they're going? You are absurd. And Julian
2: Roberts <laughs> was in the death coach and on his way home from dinner with you. He was killed in an automobile accident.
1: What? You don't know that?
2: But I do. When I was at the hospital having the pills analyzed, I made a point of checking emergency. By that time, Julian Roberts had been taken to the morgue.
1: No. It's another of your tricks.
2: No, (laughs) ma'am. I was at the station house when the accident was reported. Mr. Roberts was dead on arrival.
1: No. No. Julian!
2: You planned to kill my friend, Gil Lang. We have the evidence of the pills, and we know that Julian Roberts was your lover. We also know that Mrs. Hollins did not cut the supply of oxygen. You are an evil, deadly woman, Donna. A jury will surely convict you of attempted murder. Why, Ned? Well, I'm not a psychiatrist, Gil. Older man, money, lonely, beautiful young model. It's an old story. But to marry me and to plan my murder? Uh, you're free of her.
3: Maybe it was Julian's idea. I don't think so. I talked with him for only a, a moment or so. I got the impression that he was uneasy about what Donna planned.
2: You told her he died. Yes, yes, that's what broke her down. Until then, she was as cold as ice. Do we have a case against her, Ned? Hmm. Switching the pills is hard evidence. What you heard when you were out of body would probably be dismissed as hysteria. It's true, though, Ned. I've never had an experience like that. Well, maybe it's one we all have in store for us.
0: The death coach with Mike Dennis and Julian Roberts, but not with Gilbert Lang, goes on its spectral way. Where, no one knows. A man wrote that murder, like talent, seems occasionally to run in families. So perhaps Donna Lang came by her twisted thoughts naturally. Her father was a killer. Only through the intervention of a phenomenon did down the line fail, I will return shortly. read a newspaper or listen to the news without encountering murder. It is diminishing because it is an evil which can strike any one of us. Its roots are the natural desires raised to excess. Prudence becomes greed. Rejection breeds revenge. Ambition can lead to despotism. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could moderate our human appetite? Our cast included Mandel Kramer, Earl Hammond, Elspeth Eric, and Marion Selvers. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview
2: of our next tale. I want a quart of strawberry ice cream. Did you hear what I said? Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard you, but you, you have to wait your turn. I'm sorry. Well, what do you mean, you're sorry? Look, pal, I'm sorry for you. Why are you sorry for me? Because you ain't got no
1: manners. All the rest of you, you sorry for me, too? You only think you're sorry. I'll give you something to really be sorry about. he going to go! Oh, please
2: don't!
0: The gun is one of those nine-millimeter automatics so popular today with assassins. It fires 14 shots so rapidly you can scarcely count them. In less time than it takes to tell, the Holocaust is complete. This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.